Welcome back to the number one rake show where we continue our Fox Sports 2022 USFL coaching series with Philadelphia Stars head coach Bart Andrus. And we get into his background coaching on the 1984 BYU National Championship team as a grad assistant, how he flipped a losing program into a winning one at the NAIA level, his connection to coach Jeff Fisher, Michigan Panthers head coach, and why he is looking forward to playing the Michigan Panthers later on this season. All right, let's go talk to Coach Andrus. I am thrilled to welcome Philadelphia Stars head coach Bart Andrews to continue our Fox Sports 2022 coaching series for the USFL. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, sir. I'm fired up to talk with you. But off the top, I just want to ask this question that I've been asking to many of the coaches. After coaching NAIA and in the NFL, the Toronto Argonauts, Tennessee Titans, Amsterdam Admirals, which we'll get into here in a little bit, and of course the Spring League with the Generals, 40 years as a coach. Why did you want this opportunity to be a head coach in the USFL? Well, first of all, I think that this is going to be really a good league. And second of all, I love uh, I love coaching this type of player. These guys are still uh, hungry. They're still adding to their resume. They're still chasing a, a you know a carrot out there. And it's, it's just a, a great temperament of, of a player. And it's something that I just, I've, I've just really enjoyed it. Uh, and I keep coming back to, to these type of alternative pro football leagues. And it, this one, this one, is, it, I've never seen it done as well as this. I think you guys are off to a roaring start, quite honestly. I mean, when you look at the talent among the eight coaches and then the talent that each of you were able to draft in those 45 rounds, of course, day one, day two, and the 10-round supplemental, I'm excited to see what you guys are doing. But I was told to ask this uh, as you were head coach to Amsterdam Admirals. Was Troy Aikman the first person to call your game as a professional head coach? Yeah, my first game as a professional head coach. Uh, it was in 2001. It was uh, at uh, the Rhine Fire, which is in Dusseldorf, Germany. And it was also Troy's first game as a commentator. Uh, in, in, I guess, back in the old days there, like we call them the old days, uh, Fox would let the, the, the new uh, analysts cut their teeth in NFL Europe. And, uh, you know, Troy was just like right off the bat was uh, phenomenal at what he, you know, what he did. And, but his first game as a, as a broadcaster in, in, in NFL Europe was my first game as a head coach. How did that feel for you? Well, you know, I didn't really think of it at that time. And then later on, uh, you know, I, I ran into him, you know, I don't know, somewhere. uh, And we talked about that and, um, it was just just a really interesting dynamic, and um, I it, it it I just I remember the game. It was the opening game of the season. Uh, we ended up uh, driving the ball at the end of the game, and we we didn't we didn't convert uh, on that drive, and we ended up losing the game. So my first game as a head coach was a loss, and it was like you know that that kind of sticks with you, you know it's kind of, you go home and you think, wow, you know, am I, am I cut out to do this? Uh, and you start reevaluating and, 
uh, you know, fortunately for Troy, I think that that his first game as a broadcaster probably went a lot better than my first game as a head coach. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, you know, his his career took off after that, his second career, I should say, you know, because, um, you know, that was his move into broadcasting. I was going to say, that's not the first time or the last time that you would interact with one of the better quarterbacks to, I think, ever play football. And to that end, I want to read back to you a quote you gave to the Sporting News about your number three overall pick in this USFL draft, Brian Scott. You Mm -hmm. said this, I had Steve McNair through Super Bowl 34. As a head coach in NFL Europe, I had Danny Werfel and Sean Hill. In the UFL, I had Troy Smith and Eric Crouch on the same team. Both won the Heisman Trophy. Brian is in that class as far as his talent. My question to you is, do you stick to that? Absolutely. This guy is going to open a lot of eyes when he, when he takes the field in a few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm excited for Brian. uh, And he, he doesn't really, it's not, it's not the kind of thing where he, he plays with a, with a, you know, chip on his shoulder. He, he plays to prove everybody that believes in him. Right. And, and, and I think that, you know, Partly, as he came up in college football, he was at a Division three school, and right away people make assumptions. And uh, you know, I I kept looking at him, you know, as a as a quarterback in in terms of talent, and I'm going, what what am I? What is everybody missing here? I'm I, I can see that that he has the talent, the ability, uh, all the things that I'm looking for in a quarterback. He has and. Uh, this is going to be a great stage for him to show everybody uh, exactly, you know, what he's about. And he 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 has a, a quick arm. He anticipates. He 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 reads coverage well. Um, it's it's just one of those things that that you have to see it to believe it. Uh, when I had him in the fall version of the spring league in twenty. Uh, he, we, we won every game. Uh, you know, I, I have never gone into a game. Uh, you know, I, I had him a couple times in the spring league. Uh, but that was when in, in 20, 2020, the fall of 2020, we had like real games. And I mean, never lost a game as a coach, uh, that Brian Scott started for me. So, I mean, that that's something that kind of sticks with you, you know, along the way. Coach, to, to echo that sentiment, I got to know Brian over the course of those two days at the USFL draft. I'll add here that he was the only player to stay for both days of the draft, helping you in that process. How invaluable was it for you to have him in the room with you as you were going down the list of guys that he's probably going to be throwing the ball to and guys that are probably going to be blocking for him and guys that he has played against and said, no, I don't want no part of him. Put him on our team. Well, I, you know, I think it with Brian, it's, it's, he, he wants to be totally involved. You know, he wasn't in the draft room to make decisions. He wasn't, you know, hanging around because, you know, he was putting his two cents and he was just, he wanted to be part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's certain guys that he's worked out with uh, that he's played with in the past. Uh, and, if, if we had the availability to, to draft some of those guys and we felt the same way he felt about them. Yeah, we drafted them. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, I always go into a game uh, with, with a certain, you, you go in with a game plan and I always tell the quarterbacks before the game, I say, look, it, is there anything on this call sheet that you don't like? It's a, the last thing I want to do is call a play. They don't like, well, same thing with players. Are, are, is there, are there any of these guys in the draft that you absolutely have a feeling about uh, in a negative way? Because I, I don't want to draft players that that aren't going to get along, that aren't going to aren't going to play together well. And yeah, I ran some names by him and, and, and he he was very good to to say, look, coach, I don't know much about this guy. I really do know about this guy. And, you know, he was very honest with us in that in, in that kind of a thing. And because he, he realizes that. uh so go the fortune of those players. So go the fortune of him, you know? So, uh, I, I think it was a, it was really nice to have him there. Uh, he wanted to be there. He wanted to hang around. He wanted to be, uh, in, in the room. He sat with us at the desk, uh, the first night, uh, until, until the end. So I, I like a guy that wants to be involved like that. My last bit on Brian Scott, coach, uh, I was able to speak with a coach who worked with you and former NFL offensive coordinator himself and Steve Fairchild. I asked him, hey, realistically, what is going on? Why isn't this guy in the NFL? And he says, you asked me that two years ago. I don't know what to tell you, RJ. Like, I'm really trying to figure out myself why he hasn't got more looks. And to that end, I penciled the Philadelphia Stars in as a team I expect to be very good coming out of the gate because you two have such rapport. But then Coach Fisher, head coach of the Michigan Panthers, Jeff Fisher, gave me this to add. He said, next time you see Brian Scott, can you just break his finger for me? Just, <laughs> just so we don't have to deal with him. And I wonder, first, what do you say to that as a, as a, a rival head coach who thinks that highly of your quarterback? And also a little bit about your relationship with Coach Fisher. Okay. Well, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, Jeff had an opportunity to, to look at some, some video of Brian playing. Uh, I think that, uh, at, at, at one time he, you know, being in the LA area, Jeff was the head coach of the Rams. Uh, they, they, they knew about Brian. Uh, I think that they, they probably looked at him, uh, maybe considered, you know, him in a late round or, or maybe as a free agent at one time. So I think that, that, that part of it, he he sees the type type of player that Brian is, and yeah, I mean, it, it, any any opposing coach would not want Brian Scott to line up against him. So I can I can see, you know, how tongue in cheek Jeff would say that that he maybe 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 he'll lose a finger or something like that. He'll sprain a finger or something like that before the game. Um, so you know, I think that that's going to play out. Uh, I think that you're right. I think Brian will get off to a you know, quick start. He, he understands he's played in, in, in our offense before he understands it. Uh, he can not only, uh, for himself, but relate to the other players, uh, you know, Hey, this is what we're looking for. This is, this is what I expect, uh, when you're running a route and I, you know, I'm going to put the ball here or there or whatever. Uh, and now with, 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 uh, with Jeff, um, yeah, we go back quite a ways. We go back, uh, so we met when we were 11 years old. So, um, and, and, you know, Jeff is a guy that is really responsible for giving me the opportunity uh, to coach in the, in the national football league. Um, and he, he did it in a way that, that, that really helped me 
come along and develop as a, as a pro coach. Um, and, you know, I, I owe a, a, a great deal of gratitude towards, uh, you know, Jeff for giving me that opportunity. Uh, because I mean, I, it, it, with, without, without our friendship and, and him making that decision, I, I probably am another 10 years out from, from getting into the NFL and coaching professionally. So, um, that was a great opportunity for me. He, uh, and then not only that, but he's, he's one of a handful of guys, uh, that I've either, uh, worked, uh, under worked for or worked with. Uh, that that I've taken a lot from in terms of uh, developing my coaching style, uh, and so I, you know, I owe I owe Coach Fisher quite a bit. Yeah. Well, not too many other coaches get to say they played Pop Warner, let alone quarterback <laughs> Jeff Fisher's Pop Warner team, yeah. and that would be you, uh, Coach. I want to move on to a bit about well, you, quite honestly. Okay. In doing my research for this conversation we're going to have, I found that you are a grad assistant on the 1984 BYU Consensus National Championship team. Of course, that team is quarterbacked by Steve Young, head coach by Lavelle Edwards, who is one of the great coaches in our sport. But what did you take away from that experience uh, and that 13-0 and season? Yeah, you still got that national title ring? Did you get one? Yeah, I did. I, I still have it. I, I you know, I, I've got... I've got a couple rings that, but you know, I don't wear them. They're so bulky, you know, but uh, well, first of all, um, and I don't want to correct you or anything, oh, but, I'm sorry. but, but the national championship year was Robbie Bosco was the quarterback. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Uh, Steve, Steve Young had just graduated and uh, you know, Bosco filled a big void. Let me tell you something, you know, you, you, I watched the, 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 the video from before, you know, the year before, and I'm like, wow, this guy, you know, Steve Young, unbelievable. But yeah, so um, I was a head high school coach in, in, the, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, I, I decided that I wanted to uh, make a move into college football. I had, I had been out of college myself for three years. And, um, and so I looked at three different schools. Uh, I wanted to learn the passing game. Uh, and at that time, the colleges that were that were throwing it around the yard pretty well were uh, University of Miami, uh, BYU, and Stanford. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get accepted into Stanford's uh, graduate program. <laughs> and I, I wasn't the smartest guy, but I I had a B average, and they wanted more. So uh, it came down to well, do I want to go all the way to the East Coast uh, to Miami or? Uh, you know, and I got accepted at BYU also, and it was probably really one of those things again, where, uh, it, it, by going to BYU, not only did I learn a great passing system, I got to work for Lavelle Edwards, who was, he's like one of my top 10 favorite coaches of all time. Uh, and I got to learn their passing game, but at the same time, the guy calling the plays was Norm Chow. The quarterback coach that I got a kind of school under was Mike Holmgren. So I, it was like, it was like the, the, the perfect situation. And, and then we went 13 and 0 and won the national championship. And I said, you know, boy, this college coaching isn't that hard, you know, <laughs> but, but little did I know that, you know, uh, you know, there would be many years beyond that that I was going, yeah, maybe that was that was very fortunate that I got to go in and 
such a talented team, such a talented coaching staff. And I got to learn from those guys. And that, that was, that was the best part of the education uh, in getting my master's degree. There was the football part of it and getting that education on the side. Well, let me again, apologize to Robbie Bosco, who would probably have my hide for doing that. And thank (laughs) you for helping me out there, coach. I would add in here on that team is now Syracuse offensive coordinator, Robert and I, college football analyst, Trevor Maddich. I mean, and you mentioned coach Holmgren and coach Chow. Those are outstanding coaches and Titans in our game. But to your point about learning how difficult it can be to be a head football coach, I'll direct everybody's attention to Rocky Mountain College or Rocky Mountain State College, excuse me, hadn't won a game in four years when you became a head coach there and you flipped the program into one that was winning six and four. You were awarded the NAIA Coach of the Year Award. What did you do to flip them around? Well, that, that, that was an interesting situation. I, I, I got offered that job and it was like they hadn't won a game in four years. And I'm like, well, geez, if I could win a game, that would be, I, I'd be big time there, you know? So, so, um, well, we, we, we went in, uh, we recruited a quarterback. They had a pretty good nucleus of players there. Um, even though I had seniors that had never won a game in college, you know, in their college career. So, uh, but they had a good, good nucleus. I went out and recruited the quarterback and a, and a left tackle. Uh, and um, fortunately, I had a couple of receivers that were already there that we, we just needed to um, kind of tap into their skill set. Uh, one was a guy named Chris Horn, who later played uh, a little bit uh, well for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they actually allocated him to Amsterdam for me. Uh, in NFL Europe. So I got to coach him later on the road, down the road as a pro. Uh, but what we did is we went in, we put in a high speed, no huddle offense, which at that time, 1996, wasn't real common. Uh, and we, we spread the field and, uh, and threw the ball. And uh, we put it upon ourselves just to go in and outscore people. And uh, we opened up the season with, uh, with, with Black Hill State that year. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about a team that hadn't won a game in four years. We won the game, and we won at 70 to 70 to 8. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, before the game, I, I, I was in the locker room, and I don't know what came over me, but I told, I told this team that uh, I said, look, guys, if you guys win this game, I'm going to get you on, on, on SportsCenter. And then – I walked out of the, out of the locker room and I go, why did I say that? You know? And so after the game, they were going, Hey, you're going to get us on. And I called ESPN and I said like, Hey, I've got a story here about a, a college that, that haven't, they hadn't won a game in four years and they won today. And they, they said, Oh, where? And I said, Rocky Mount college. And I, they go, Oh, okay. And, and, and I could tell I was getting the brush off, you know? And I said, but they did it and they won 70 to eight. And, and they said, hold on. And so they got us on that segment called, did you know, I don't know if you remember that on ESPN sports center and uh, the kids got on there. We got, we had highlights from uh, the local NBC station. Uh, they sent them over to, to Bristol. They put us on and the, the title of the, of the segment was, did you know there was a Rocky mountain college? <laughs> and did you know they had one game in four years? did you know they won 70 days to eight, you know, in their first game? 
so it was really good. The kids got on and, uh, you know, from then, from, from there out, we, you know, that could have been enough for the season, but we ended up with a winning record and, uh, the, the guys did a great job and, and, uh, the quarterback played well, uh, ended up leading the nation and, uh, total offense and passing and scoring. So it was, it was just a fun year. And then, um, and, and that's, that was, uh, you know, my only year there. And, and, and I, I, that's when coach Jeff Fisher came in and asked if I would like to come work for him with the uh, Houston Oilers. And, and I did and made the move to Tennessee with him. So. No coach, that is an outstanding story. I, I did not know this part about getting your team on television it reminds me of what Mike Leach was doing at Iowa Wesley and calling up folks to let them know what he and coach mummy were able to accomplish and one of the things that struck me and quite honestly struck Coach Fisher is how used to this sort of a league you are. It's, a, it's one with a tight, close-knit staff. It's one where you got to make every pick count. You're dealing with a 45-man roster as opposed to 53, for instance, in the NFL, or even yeah. 85 for some of yeah. the college coaches that are making the jump. Do you feel you have an edge on the other seven coaches in the league? Well, I don't know about having an edge. There's some good coaches in this league, um, but – it's, it's, it may be foreign to them, uh, you know, working with such a small staff, shorter period of time to get, to get everything done, uh, to get it on the field, to do, go through a draft, select, select players. Now I'm used to that and I'm used to the smaller staff. So if, 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 uh, you know, to me, it's just normal to them, you know, they're, you know, that was the first thing that when, when we went to the uh, Fox studios uh, in, in uh, January, uh, to meet as uh, in, in our head coaching seminar. And I, I rode over to the studio uh, that day um, with uh, Kevin Sumlin. And the first thing he, he said to me, he says, he goes, you know, I, I, I have no idea how, <laughs> how I'm going to do this. He says, you're, you're an old hat at this. You know, he goes, I, I looked up your background. He goes, he goes, you're pretty comfortable, huh? And I go, well, yeah, I've, I've never, I haven't known anything else for the last you know, 15 to 20 years. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm okay with this. And uh, so he, he was picking my brain right away. And, you know, as we, we would make our trip over and back each day and um, it, it, it is something that seems natural to me. And I, and I can see uh, the concern that they would have, uh, you know, not having that experience. They're used to bigger staffs. They're used to more time all that. Um, now, does that give us an advantage? I don't know. It all comes down to really to players in, in, you know, in, at any level, any league, anywhere. Um, it's, it's how you can get your players to play together and play for each other and everything else in, 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 to me, in, in these kind of pro football leagues is pretty even, it's pretty similar, even in the NFL, it's pretty even. It's pretty, nobody has a higher cap number than anybody else, you know? So, it's, it's how, how, how can you get these guys to play together and, and, and play hard, you know, each week. And, and so, uh, you know, that's something that I, that, that, that I love to do. And I, I love that challenge. So I think these guys, you know, the other seven, you know, coaches, I think they're going to be just fine. They're going to find that, you know, Hey, boy, we, we really have some redundancy before and having four coaches in one position, you know, so, I, th I think they're going to come away from it really enjoying the experience, especially with the, with how hungry players are at this level.
I'm excited to see what you guys do. I mean, about 30 days of training camp, and then you're off and running for a 10-week regular season beginning April 16th on Fox, uh, for those of y'all that are interested. Uh, Coach, I have three questions I want to ask you that I've asked all the coaches. We're not singling you out here. And the first one is, who is the best offensive player in the league that you saw from the draft, apart from any guy that is a Philadelphia star? Well, I, I, I'm not sure it's maybe the best offensive player, um, but it's one that I'm interested to see play, and that would be Paxton Lynch. Mm. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he, how he steps up and responds uh, playing in, in, uh, in the USFL. On the defensive side, is there a guy like Paxton Lynch that piques your interest? Um, not, not at that, that kind of a level, but, uh, and you know, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to name somebody. There's so many names that, that kind of went through, through that draft, uh, you know, draft portal that we just went through. Um, really, I, I, I really can't come up with one there on that. Oh, I'm sorry, coach. Uh, the last one I had for you is the best team in the league, apart from your Philadelphia Stars, who do you think put together a really outstanding roster top to bottom? Boy, I, I couldn't single out any one, but I, I think that they all did a really great job of evaluating. Uh, there were more instances than I thought there would be where we, we had a guy in mind, especially during the positional uh, draft, the, the first two days uh, where we we were set to take someone and then somebody right before we picked took it took that player and you know so I, I have a lot of respect for for the for the job that the other seven uh, teams did in in evaluating uh, when you're kind of on the same players that 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 to me tells you that that they're all looking at the right things uh, and I, as far as rivalry you know I you know, I, I'm looking forward, first of all, to, to who we play first, you know. So right now I'm, I'm looking at uh, the New Orleans Breakers and I'm excited to, to get ready to play them. That's the next most important game to us. Uh, and then, you know, down the road, you know, playing against uh, Jeff Fisher's team and the Michigan Panthers, that's going to be fun because it'll be for the first time in my career and his career uh, – since high school where we went against each other uh you know we played at separate uh, different high schools in the in the uh, la uh, uh san fernando valley area and, and 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 we always played each other every year uh not in the same conference but we always had a, a game against each other uh and so this is the first time that i've ever coached against him and that's the first time he's ever coached against me and i think it's going to be a lot of fun um, and, and it'll be all, all in, in, in good humor too. Um, you know, it's not, it, it's not the kind of thing that, uh, you know, we, we happen to have uh, a lot of respect and we, 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 we like each other a lot. So I, I'm looking forward to, to that, uh, to that little, to that little rivalry. Coach, I have been floored by the crossover between these eight coaches, including yourself the respect that each of you has for the job that you have had or done before you got to the USFL. And I'm excited to see what your team does against Larry Fedora's New Orleans Breakers because you guys are two offensive-minded coaches that are going to sling the ball around a little bit. I'm excited about that. Philadelphia Stars coach 
Bart Andrus. Thank you so much for joining us here on the number one ranked show. Talk a little bit about the USFL and yourself. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.